I'm Glenn Jones, your host on the chat, and today our guest is Eric Brown. He's the chair of the Baxter Seminary Upperman High Alumni Association, and he's going to tell us a few things about the history of the Baxter Seminary, Upperman High School, and all that. That you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in there in the campus and all that. Um, I'd like to say hi, Eric. Welcome to the show. Hello. Good to be here. And just kind of tell us a little history about Baxter Seminary. Some people have never heard of it. A lot of people, there's still people alive that went to it. And just whatever, you know, you can think of that would fill us in on some of the history. So Baxter Seminary is kind of an interesting story in that everybody has a story about it. As you mentioned, there are still uh, many folks that attended Baxter Seminary as a school and, um, Everyone you talk to has a different story, a different perspective, or, or a different uh, uniqueness about their time at the at the school. So, I mean, in in history and in legend, it is very much alive. Um, you know, part of the role that that we work with within the uh, alumni association, aside from the fact we are a scholarship organization that offers scholarships, part of that too is keeping that history alive for this generation. To help them remember, to understand, not remember, but understand part of the history they're snapped into because they are a part of that history. Everybody that has ever graduated from Upperman High School has a legacy going back to Baxter Seminary. So, you know, we try to make sure to keep that, that history alive, essentially. You know, and there's a lot of groups out there that that name is associated with in one way or the other. Of course, you mentioned uh, the, the, Alumni Association. Um, there's the Upperman Campus Community Council that's out there. There's work going on in the park right now for a Baxter Seminary Park. So we see that name because honestly, if you look at it, Baxter, the history of Baxter and the history of Baxter Seminary are quite inseparable in many ways. They grew up together. Uh, even even getting much of their starts about the same time in terms of how how they grew together and you know as has been seen through other historical you know artifacts the railroad had an incredible impact on Baxter it had an incredible impact on Baxter Seminary uh, and there's a lot of stories you'll hear people talk about going up to the station to meet somebody on the train but as as far as the school itself is concerned. It's kind of it's kind of inherited from two other schools that shut down, uh, and they reorganized in Baxter. the The version that was in Baxter came out of Red Bull and Springs. They shut that school down, started the school in Baxter. So roughly the nineteen oh eight time frame, uh, Baxter Seminary kind of comes into being. Uh, it's chartered by the Methodist Church in nineteen ten, and and begins operation. And we actually have a copy of one of the programs of study from nineteen fourteen talking about all of the programs that were made available. And, and to, again, saying that the history of Baxter and the history of Baxter Seminary are so closely coupled, understand that this facility, as it were, um, was the only educational source for West Putnam. We're not talking about a plethora of schools scattered all over West Putnam. Baxter Seminary was it, and in its early days, would be what we would now refer to as K through 12. I mean, it was primary all the way through high school instruction. So 
it was critical to that end of the county because you have to understand, many if you look at the history, there's a lot of poverty in that area. You're looking at a lot of farms and things like that. I'm Glenn Jones, your host on the chat, and today we've been talking with Eric Brown, and we've been discussing the history of the Baxter Seminary. So, you know, we mentioned the school's early startup and, and its relation. So where the Upperman part of this comes into play, um, a very young Harry Upperman was sent to this small school basically to shut it down because it was in deep financial trouble at the time. There was large mortgage against it and other issues. And basically the church sent him to make arrangements to shut it down and clean things up. And after spending a bit of time there, he did the only thing that he thought he could do, and he reported back to the folks and said, we're not shutting down. We're rebuilding this. There's no way this is going to shut down. So uh, Dr. Upperman and Ms. Upperman show up roughly 1923 and begin their work of making things happen. And um, one of the things that they realized very, very early on To have an education, it must be a complete education. It's not simply reading, writing, arithmetic, if you will. They had a very deep appreciation for what it meant to have a holistic student. So one of the first things they started when they uh, began their work at the seminary was to build the arts program around that. So there was a deep, deep culture in Baxter Seminary of music of drama, of debate, uh, you know, establishing membership in the National Forensics League as a, as a debate team. But you saw this, this very rich cultural existence being built around more than just simply the bare necessities of education, because as Ms. Upperman would commonly say, You've got to develop that. There's there's music in people's hearts. There there there's acting in people's hearts. There's the ability to 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 speak influentially, make that happen. And and she would uh, she was a big part of that. And honestly, if you looked at Dr. Upperman's work, you could review him as the king of social media before there was a Facebook and a Twitter in many respects. He knew how to network. He knew how to interact with folks. So you see two parts of the team, and then the third part of the team that would be there would be Miss Hill. Miss Hill was the glue that kept everything together. When Dr. Upperman would be out on recruiting uh, efforts to raise money for different projects, um, Ms. Upperman was working on the arts aspect of it. Miss Hill kept it all together, kept everything running, and also served as, de- as dean of students. So was responsible for, you know, just the order and the logistics of the day-to-day operations of the school. This group together made an amazing trio that helped build Baxter Seminary into what it became known in this region, and I would dare say nationally. There's a lot of people that you said nationally. There's even people came from other countries that I have heard. Is I guess that's true. It, it is. I mean, they had a significant international population attending school there, aside from visitors and other things, and there's so many stories in that regard. 
I'm Glenn Jones, your host on the chat, and we've been speaking with Eric Brown, chair of the Baxter Seminary Upper Men High Alumni Association, and we'll be right back. I'm Glenn Jones, your host on the chat, and today our guest is Eric Brown. He's the chair of the Baxter Seminary Upper Men High Alumni Association, and we've been discussing early history of the Baxter Seminary before it became Upper Men High School, and just continue with that, some of that, Eric. So one of the other things we mentioned, the arts program and things like that, also the establishment of the sports programs that would be there, which when you talk about those efforts, it demonstrates Dr. Upperman's ability to fundraise and engage people from so many different places. Even the first gym, when they realized they needed a gym for their basketball team, the first gym was literally built out of a building that had been destroyed by a storm. They gathered the wood. They used the trades students that were there at the time to help build the gym, which the irony of this is it gave Baxter Seminary a bit of a home court advantage because the floor was so uneven that when you would bounce the basketball, it might go a totally different direction. But, you know, the folks from the seminary knew where those holes were at. So, but... They worked with what they had available to them. You know, they established the football team. We we talk about the Upperman Bees so much and, and, and the amazing runs they've had in the past few years. Uh, that football team was 1931 as we, we see the appearance of football at Baxter Seminary. You see the first Bees team uh, uh, arrive in that regard. That's amazing. And, you know, of course, like any facility, they suffered their losses as well. Um, after they built the first gym and they said, oh, we really, we've got to do something better than this. So they built a new gym. And then unfortunately it would succumb to fire as several of the buildings on the campus did at one point in time. Uh, it would succumb to fire. And there's a story in, in, in recounted with Dr. Upperman standing with a student looking at these burning embers of what would, was the remains of the gym and the student just kind of hopeless looked at Dr. Upperman and said, what do we do now? It's gone. Everything's a loss. And all Dr. Upperman would say, we start working again tomorrow morning. And that's exactly what he did. He started, I mentioned earlier, he was kind of like the networking king of the time. He started making phone calls. He started talking to folks in Nashville. He started talking to folks in the Northeast. And he built a group that started making donations they were matching funds. We'll give you $15,000 if you can raise $15,000. And began that fundraising, they built yet another gym, you know, and, and that was his way of doing it. Dr. Upperman believed in the power of bringing a group together for a cause because he believed in these kids that were showing up. He, he believed that a child should have a solid education, should have a holistic education, and more to the point, he believed that poverty, there should be no barrier that would stop a child from receiving an education. And if that meant they bartered, they, they worked on the campus or something like that, or they brought in food or whatever, whatever it took to get that child an education, he was a firm believer in that. So it had a farm. Oh, it was a fully self-sustaining institution. It had a dairy farm. It had a vegetable gardens. Um, Baxter Seminary can actually be tied to the first known water station in Baxter. 
by virtue of a chance meeting. So, so much. It was self-sustaining. It was an amazing model. It was a family more than it was a school. And many of the students that attended there will look at it in that regard as the family that they were with during their education. I'm Glenn Jones, your host on the chat, and we've been speaking with Eric Brown, chair of the Baxter Seminary Upper Men High Alumni Association, and we've been discussing the history of the Baxter Seminary. So, again, so many stories that go along with how Dr. Upperman um, would fundraise and, and, again, bring opportunities for the, the kids of the school. One of the things they had to do, and, again, a facility that had very little funds to keep it going, um, he would go out and get donations any chance he could get. There is a story about uh, a gentleman out of Milwaukee that was willing to donate a printing press. You know, he, he was visiting. He asked Dr. Upperman, what do you really need right now? He said, I need a printing press. And he said, well, I think I can find you one. Can you get to Milwaukee and get it back to the school? No problem. So Dr. Upperman gets up to Milwaukee. The gentleman also donates a truck to haul the printing press, 6,000 pages of stationery, and some other supplies to carry back. And he's kind of questioning Dr. Upperman about driving this truck. And he said, I've got this. I'm a good driver. I can drive this truck. So load everything up. He heads on. So Dr. Upperman heads home by way of Chicago. Think about that just a minute. So he visits some folks he knows in Chicago and says, oh, you've got room on your truck. How about a piano? We've got a piano we need to get rid of. Can you figure this out? He said, sure. He went out and started handing out money to people on the street, said, I'll give you a dollar if you'll help me load this piano. So they load this piano out of the second floor of this building into the back of the truck, loaded the truck again. He starts on to Baxter and then ends up being pulled over in Kentucky. What year was this? Oh, I'm trying to remember right now. This was in the 30s, as in I recall. 30s? It was in the 30s. Yeah, somewhere in the 30s. And he gets pulled over. And the guy's saying, what are you doing with all this stuff? And begins to question Dr. Upperman as if he had stolen the truck that's and the stuff. That's probably what it looked like. And uh, so, yeah, he was going back and forth and speaking with him. Ultimately, this would end up with Dr. Upperman having to stop in Louisville, Kentucky, call a friend to vouch for him because the trooper looked at him and said, you don't look like a truck driver and you definitely don't look like a preacher. And so that was ultimately it took another day for them to convince this this officer that he was allowed to head back. Um, he named the truck Algernon. He said after that trip and what that truck looked like, it should be named after a Greek god. And they had Algernon for several years, and they would use it on the campus when they were doing picnics and things like that and to make various hauls when they needed to haul stuff. So the truck had a life well beyond just getting the printing press and the piano there. And there's several pictures um, uh, of this truck and the students standing in front of it. And it was an amazing story that he would continue to use later on. But it was an example of how he would network with folks. He would go one place, even when he was in Milwaukee, trying to figure out how to get back home. He said, oh, by the, by the way, next day you need to show up at this Sunday school class. So Dr. Upperman shows up. Sunday school class took up a donation so he could have gas money and things he needed to get home. These happen chance meetings are, are a great example of how the seminary grew through this collaboration of so many people from across the country to make this magic educational place happen. 
he must have had some real talent to be able to go around like that and and collect money and pick up things from other states. He had the gift of gab. There was no doubt about that. And when he made a friend, he made a friend for life. I'm Glenn Jones, your host on the chat, and we've been speaking with Eric Brown, and we'll be right back. I'm Glenn Jones, your host on the chat, and today's guest is Eric Brown. We've been speaking about Baxter Seminary. He's the chair of the Baxter Seminary Alumni Hot Upperman High Alumni Association, and I actually graduated from Upperman High School. It's a beautiful place. I remember visiting Baxter when I was very young, and the buildings of the Baxter Seminary were stately, and it was just amazing to see and to think what was there, you know, before before I was born. Can you tell us more about the Baxter Seminary campus, the new park they're doing, and anything else you can think of that would interest our listeners? So the, there's work going on within the Baxter Seminary Park. So that park area, the softball field, the area that is now uh, Cornerstone Elementary, and that whole region was the Baxter Seminary campus. It was a rather large campus if you looked at it, uh, and several buildings there. And the names that would be on the buildings generally was from the benefactor that that uh, uh, helped fund the, the project or that particular building. Much of the labor done on this campus was conducted by trade students that were there. They would help build. Uh, building materials used for these buildings were recovered from other areas or bricks that were donated or things like that. So it was very much a campus from the family, of the family, for the family, taking care of the family. You know, uh, again, uh the young ladies that were attending would help sew clothes for people that did not have clothing. Uh, they would help in the kitchen areas and things like that. Uh, they may help on the farm. The gentlemen would help with, as I mentioned, the building. They would also work on the farm, help maintain the farm and other work that would need to be done. And you see that being revived in terms of story and the new seminary park and the plaques and the things like that are going on. Um, you know, one of the things that a lot of people talked about when the new high school was built, when the new Upperman, not the Upperman that I attended, that's now called Cornerstone. When I went to Upperman, it was Upperman Junior Senior High, and it was at the Cornerstone Elementary. You know, the new location now with the, the, the newer Upperman High School and Upperman Middle. Upperman Middle is near and dear to my heart. That was the one that uh, we built while I was on the school board. And quite honestly, if there is a building true to the architectural style of the old Baxter Seminary, Upperman Middle is that facility, and, and and that building is still near and dear to my heart today. It's a beautiful building. I went to the open house. It's just a beautiful, the middle school is a beautiful building, and, inside and out. Yes, and so many elements that reflect the buildings of the old campus and things like that. And, you know, and, and even to the name of the street. Truth, honor, loyalty, and service. Those are not just words on that campus. That's a reality. That is the tenets by which everything was done on the Baxter Seminary campus and continued on during the Upperman years. And uh, so they're more than just words. They're, the, you know, they're the name on the street. They're the names on top on the caps of the veterans monument that, that exists that you must walk through to go into the football field. That veterans monument that stands has a listing of all those that went through Baxter Seminary or Upperman High School and served in the armed forces one way or the other of those that, you know, that we know about. For somebody to go to a football game now, you walk through that. So 
it's still a story that's going on. It's, you know, while we talk about the history of Baxter Seminary, it's alive and well in Upperman, in the Upperman campus between the two things. You know, and there's a lot of people that are still working. You mentioned the Baxter Seminary Upperman High School Alumni Association. That organization's been uh, in effect since 1971, is still giving scholarships. Um, there's a BaxterSeminary.org now that's listing stuff. Uh, about the old seminary. So there's so many things and there's programs coming up, including um, the homecoming event, September 24th. We're asking Baxter Seminary and Upperman High alum to come out for that on September 24th. I'm Glenn Jones, your host on the chat. And we've been talking with Eric Brown about the Baxter Seminary Upperman High Alumni Association and the history of the Baxter Seminary Upperman High School. You know, I mentioned earlier that we have events still coming up that memorialize and remember the Baxter Seminary and and celebrate the accomplishments at Upperman High School. Um, I mentioned the Alumni Association generally has a banquet every year, and unfortunately, as COVID had affected so many other things, it did affect our event as well. But we're getting to celebrate a true homecoming this year. September 24th is going to be the homecoming event for the Baxter Seminary Alumni Association. Uh, Baxter Seminary Upperman grads can register for this event. And um, Is that a Friday night? That is a Friday night. So this is a cool thing about it. It's going to correspond with Upperman's homecoming. So not only can they come out to the hospitality tent and enjoy food, enjoy visiting with their alums, they have the opportunity to go to a football game afterwards and see Upperman play. So it's the first time we've done the event like this, and we're so excited about this. Um, You know, $20 for a ticket for this will cover the food, cover the ticket for the football game and, you know, the events and things. We're going to have Upperman students there participating so the alums can see what the magic that is still going on on this campus through the many clubs and things that uh, still make a national name. For this facility. So we're, you know, we're looking forward to that. We're also going to be highlighting our scholarship recipients. Uh, You know, the Alumni Association since 1971 has given away over $350,000 to Upperman grads for them to continue their education. Again, in the spirit that Dr. Upperman had established long ago with Baxter Seminary, every child needs an opportunity and education to grow and to bloom. So if you went to Upperman High School and graduated or Baxter Seminary, you don't get an invitation. Everyone's welcome. Is Ev- that how- everyone is welcome. Now, we do ask for registration for the event by September 15th, and you can contact Connie Gentry at 931-858-3020 or email at Winnell Lee, that's W-I-N-E, L-L-L-E-E at TWLakes.net. And you can reserve $20. You know, this we're really excited about this event because it is very new for what we've done in the past. And it's a time to celebrate Upperman and enjoy a great Upperman football game. Can you repeat Connie's phone number again? Con- Connie's phone number, 931-858-3020. That'll, that'll be an exciting time. We're we're looking forward to it. Like I said, we're really pumped up about this new opportunity. This will also be an opportunity for a lot of the alums to see the Veterans Monument that's out there as well that, that we've spent so much time on. 
uh, and so many people's contributed to. And again, get the idea to see the entire campus and see how special that place is. And this is going to happen right behind the Upperman High School building. Right it it, it is. It is, is. It is. It'll be right across the parking lot from the football stadium, and it's going to be awesome. Well, we appreciate Eric for uh, chatting with us today on the chat. And I'm Glenn Jones, and thank you very much. Thank you.